Clear. background noise throughout the day but it's just airplanes so it's not it's, it's not really noise. good background noise That's yeah right. this That's is right. this is the best seat in the house That's right. we got sky riders now we got sky riders, we got sky riders they, now it, does that say you cap i can't it's got a runway in the front yard <laughs> and you're in sight clear west turkey central ground good afternoon sir taxi via foxtrot and delta Oh my God, what have we gotten ourselves into? It's all your fault, Yeah, <laughs> Apparently it is. Um, Jack made us do it. Yeah, we got to so, leave for Oshkosh. I'm leaving like day after tomorrow. I leave Wednesday morning. Are, are you guys even nearly ready to go yet? No. <sighs> I, I, I'm throwing stuff that I want to take with me on the dining room table. I've got to throw, you know, I'm doing laundry. Uh, I've, I've paid most of the bills that have to be paid. You know, I travel a lot, and you've just basically described the way I pack all the time, right? It's yeah. always that. Throw things on the table. I, I, know, I know what duffel I'm going to pack in. Um, uh, I got to test fly the airplane. I haven't flown it in a couple of weeks to make sure it's, you know, every, all the big parts are still going to fly in close formation. <laughs> uh, um, I might do that tonight. I might do it in the morning. I don't know. Uh -huh. It kind of depends on the weather, actually. Uh, it's clouding up a little bit. And, David, are you ready to go? I'm at about 65%. Uh-huh. Now, uh, you guys both leave on Thursday morning, right? Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. See, I need to get an airplane because this driving yeah, well, to Oshkosh you know, stuff is just That's been a recurring theme here over, you know, maybe 197 episodes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Both, both of us need to, Jack. Don't, you know, when we beat up on you, don't feel like yeah, you're No, there. I understand. I understand. But yeah, why are um, they not finding you airplanes in the forums? That's what I want to know. All right. The forum, I was just scanning the forum listings earlier today, and I saw yet another thread of, here's an airplane for Jack. And uh, it's like, oh. <laughs> Oh, anyway, so so we finally get to Oshkosh, and then we've signed ourselves up for an insane amount. What is of stuff. this wee stuff you keep spouting? Well, you <laughs> guys, you guys are along for the ride. Get get used to it. Um, we uh, first of all, I mean, it, like we're all three of us working on the newspaper again this year. Welcome back, Jeb. By the way, Yay. thank you. Thank you. I'm I'm, I'm very grateful uh, that I got this opportunity again, and, and I'm very much looking forward to it. So, so yeah, thank you. Um, and, uh, as if, as if any of the three of us, two other two of us had anything to do with it, but, uh, you know, you got no. in there in spite no, of us. Sure, so, no, sure. um, you know, good vibes, if nothing else. Yeah. Okay. So, so the newspaper is like practically a full-time job all by itself. All right. Um, certainly for people like Dave and I, and I would imagine Jeb's beat, mine's a little bit easier, but that's a lot of work. And then we signed up. So originally we signed up to do two episodes, Two, count them two. All right. That, that's yeah. That's been our tradition since uh, uh, a, 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 an Oshkosh tradition since two thousand seven. Right. And then EA made a very gracious offer. All right, which we absolutely wanted to take them up on, uh, which was to do our episode two hundred uh, from the member center tent stage. I'm not sure what they officially call it, but it's going to be very cool. But we didn't want to give up Sunday morning on the EA radio uh, deck on the upper level. So we said, yeah, well, let's do three. And so we're going to do so we and. At the time, you know, this was like three months ago, and it seemed like a good idea. And now I'm looking at working with three episodes. And, 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 then, and then... And then... Yeah, well, can and we then, talk about the other thing? Well, no, no hang on. And then um, we've got the Daily, which works so well at, uh, at the air show down south that uh, I, I said, well, we should do the Daily again. The Daily, you know, it's kind of spread out over a week, but it's basically another whole episode. So basically we're doing four full UCAP episodes from Oshkosh this summer. Plus, we're going to be uh, participating in Potapalooza, plus there are tentatively at least two listener meetups happening, all right? I mean, oh my gosh. When are we going to sleep? Yeah. When do we get to sleep? Yeah. I want to go to sleep now. We'll sleep on August 2nd, apparently, you know? This kind oh, of talk God. just adds to the sense of pre-departure exhaustion. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of which, you know, and a, lot of, a lot of listeners have asked on the forums and an email and whatnot for hints and tips on going to and, uh, and attending. Wait a minute. Before we do that, let me just say this. Welcome, folks, to episode 197 of Uncontrolled Airspace, the General Aviation Podcast. Recording this episode on, uh, I think it's Monday, July 19th, 2010. You're not sure. I'm not. I no, hope so. I'm not at all sure. Uh, joining me here in the virtual hangar uh, is uh, Dave Higdon, who's talking to us from Wichita, Kansas. Hi, David. How are you this afternoon? Busy, frenzied, right? 
you know, it's just a, a far enough notch below chaos that my dog's not looking at me going, dude, dude, take some kibble. <laughs> and also here in the virtual hangar is Jeb Burnside, talking to us from somewhere near Sarasota, Florida. How are you doing? Obviously, we talked about this, you know, getting, getting yeah. crazy, huh? Getting, getting crazed. I don't have a dog, um, but I'm I'm working on the kibble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Jack Hodgson, and I'm back here at the uh, UCAP Summer Headquarters, high high atop Lookout Point in not enough hours in the day, Nottingham, New Hampshire. Um, <laughs> so yeah, all three of us. It's a, it's a theme, and I would imagine that there are thousands of uh, air venture attendees all over America going through the same thrash as we try and clear the decks. Um, and we have a special guest, a friend of the podcast, uh, is going to be joining us in a few minutes here in the virtual hangar. But uh, but before he arrives, um, you know, all kidding aside, uh, what what do you do to prepare? How how do you get ready to go? What what's the thing that you have to do? You know, to bring with you or kind of get your head straight or whatever? Is it is it possible to decent shoes? Well, that's not a bad idea. That's that's actually. No, I'm very, serious. I, yeah, I'm yeah. serious. I, I've already I've 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 been wearing a pair of boots. You know, my knocking around shoes here lately and. And um, standing up on those for the last few days, doing some some home remodeling stuff and whatnot, they ain't coming with me. Yeah, um, they're not comfortable. So I'm going to go back to some sneakers and and whatnot. But uh, comfortable shoes, um, in a uh, a live credit card, mm-hmm. and cash. Yep. Uh, if if you're sensitive to the sun, some sunscreen and or a, a hat, sunglasses won't hurt anything. Um. I always bring a knapsack. Uh, I've got a red LLB knapsack that's kind of a trademark thing. You'll see me uh, humping around the grounds with that thing on. You need something like that to carry stuff in because you're always going to pick up brochures. You're going to be picking up. We, you might we like the, we like the bright red one. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Yeah, uh, depending on what kind of camera you have, um, batteries for it. Mm-hmm. Um, because you never know when you're going to run out. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, now some of the stuff you can pick up on site, some of the stuff you can pick up in town, some of the stuff, you know, uh, make a Walmart run halfway through the week, whatever. Um, um, dress, or, you know, bring clothing for three seasons. Yep. There you uh, go. Which, which is to say it won't be wintertime up there, but it could be very cool even in, even in the daytime. It could certainly be very cool, perhaps downright cold at night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it could be 99 and humid, too. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, shorts, T-shirt, long pants, um, uh, a pullover, a windbreaker, something like that. Um, be nice to, in your, your backpack, your walking around gear, if you had, you know, room for a couple of water bottles. Um, you, can, you can get water all over the place on the site, but it's not cheap. Right. Yeah. Uh, so you know, bringing that stuff with you onto the site is not a is not a bad idea. Right. I uh, agree with. The, I'm sorry. Do you have anything you want to uh, add to that? I, just, I, just, I was just going to say. You know, I, that's kind of where I'm going to stop and and uh, uh, let some other people chime in. Yeah, I agree with that list. Um, I, I would add a couple things to it. Um, backpack, absolutely. Um, for what it's worth, um, over the years I've experimented with a number of different uh, uh, ways of carrying my gear. Um, every and uh, I've settled on backpack as being the best way. Um, second to that would be some sort of it seems like fanny packs and those sort of waist-mounted things have gone a little bit out of fashion lately, but uh, something like that. Um, what I don't like to use uh, that I've avoided for years now is anything you have to carry in your hand, you know, like, a, like a bag with a handle. Got to have your hands free. You got to have your hands free, plus that gets t- tiring pretty fast. So something you can strap around your waist or, or over your shoulder. Um, to the gear list, uh, I occasionally carry a, a handheld aviation scanner. Uh, because it's fun to listen mm-hmm. to the radio uh, when you're wandering around. Um, I have a nice little earpiece that I can uh, plug in my ear and wander around and and uh, and keep an ear on what's going on in the in the pattern. Um, also, if you're so inclined, uh, binoculars are fun sometimes uh, to, especially if you've got a relatively small set that you can stash in your backpack. Um, so I, I like sometimes I carry those. I don't carry those things every day. I did for a while, and the backpack started to get heavy, but. Uh, but those things are fun to have around. Um, and uh, there was something else I was going to say, but let Dave go while I'm thinking of what it was. David? Well, if you're much into snagging photographs and, you know, Oshkosh's target-rich territory, uh, either bring quite – I'm, I'm, I'm talking from a perspective that expects everybody is shooting digital these days. Uh, 
bring enough cards that you don't run out in, in the middle of the day or some way to download the cards to a, you know, a little portable travel device. And there's a number of options around that way. Uh, Jeb mentioned batteries, absolute. Uh, and then uh, be sure and secure yourself uh, a map and the uh, exhibitor's book and see if you can't scope out where you want to go, who you want to see in a way that keeps you from zigzagging back and forth and putting in umpteen miles over the day. Yeah. Plan on carving out a little time to get over to the museum or uh, up to Pioneer Airport because the, the, the nature of the show is completely different up there. If you bring in kids, you definitely want to take some time to take them up to Kid Venture, which will pretty much save you money and eat up a day with the kiddies. Uh, Jeb's conversation about uh, pack for three seasons, right on the money, two-thirds summer, one-sixth fall, one-sixth rainy season. Yeah. That's it. Yep. Um, I'll just add one other thing to this, uh, to the, uh, how would I put it, the connected among us, those who uh, like their internet connectivity and their cell phone connectivity. Um, EA's gotten better and better over the last few years about having uh, Wi-Fi hotspots scattered around the convention grounds. Uh, but you'll find that they kind of range all over the place in terms of effectiveness. Um, some will be very effective. Some places, theoretically, you'll have a signal, but it won't work. So you, uh, you kind of have to take that into consideration. Early in the week, you kind of find the good ones that you can go to and uh, and connect when you need to um they recently got 3g coverage in oshkosh they didn't have it in past years um, my oshkosh friends are crowing about the fact that there's 3g coverage out there and i give them credit for that i personally do not expect the 3g system to be working very well this week i think it's going to get hammered by all of us who arrive with our phones and our ipads and our whatevers um but uh you never know maybe they'll figure it out in advance um, I think it's a given that AT&T won't make the cut. Yeah. Uh, whether Verizon will, uh, that's, I, I wouldn't give you, uh, I wouldn't bet any money at all. Yeah, they, they definitely don't have a very good track record as far as uh, getting those things working on. If you're flying yourself in, um, we've said this before, we're going to say it again. Get the, the NOTAM, read the NOTAM, bring the NOTAM with you in the airplane. Um, if you're coming in for a day trip, you still need to bring tie-downs uh, or you're going you're to pay for them on site. You cannot leave the airplane unattended without tie-downs on it. Yeah. Um, you also should get, you know, if you don't have one, um, think about getting one, something, some way to uh, cover the airplane, the, the cabin of the airplane, a cabin cover, a sun shield, something like that. And certainly get those on site also. Maybe not a cabin cover, but certainly the sun shield. Yeah. Um, one other thing too is uh, what you need to you need to bring something to park the airplane on some some wooden sheets, uh, maybe uh, you know um, eighteen by uh, by twenty something like that. You want to roll the airplane onto this so that when it when it rains during the week, not if it rains, when it rains during the week, and all this water drains uh, around the, the campsite around where your airplane's parked, it doesn't get bogged down and stuck in the mud. Yep. Yep. Hey, joining us here now in the virtual hangar is uh, a good friend of ours from many, many uh, air ventures past, uh, the uh, uh, EAA Director of Communications and the golden voice of air venture, Dick Nipinski's here. Hi, Dick. How are you doing? Well, the golden voice is still in one piece. Catch me in about two weeks, though, and I'll let you know what it sounds like by the end of that. Well, we don't have we we half expect you to be completely you know burned out by then. But uh, in the meantime, oh, yeah. along with the rest <laughs> of us, yeah. So, how you doing out there? How's everything going? Not too bad. I can tell it's a week before the opening day, and uh, you know it's just uh, you're, there are a million little last-minute things to get done, and not much time to get them done. So it makes it very interesting. But a lot of volunteers on the site already, and uh, you know everybody just going fast as they can to get ready for opening day. Yeah. So uh, you just began to, but tell us a little bit more about the scene out there right now. Um, a, a lot of activity, a lot of things going on. There really is. You know, it, no matter where you are in the grounds, there's something going on. There are, are volunteers working all over the place, uh, delivering things like picnic tables and garbage cans, all those things that suddenly appear when you come at Oshkosh. Uh, all of the, the grounds people um, have some aircraft already starting to come in. Of course, campers have been flowing in for about oh, close to a month now, and so they're setting up or have set up. And you see a lot of people just putting the things in place 
and running through their checklist to say, okay, do we have everything we need when the gates open? Because really, the weekend before, you start looking around, and it's almost full operation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Some of the exhibits aren't up yet, and some of the food stands aren't open quite yet. But with the number of people usually on the grounds, even Saturday and Sunday before opening day, it almost feels like it's an active day at that point because you're seeing people you know and so forth. And uh, you know, so we have to be prepared really within a short period to be ready to open the gates. Yeah. How, you know, it's, it's almost become legend that people arrive really, you know, regular volunteers, people who volunteer uh, every year arrive quite early. How early do they arrive? When do, when do volunteers, you know, start arriving and getting set up for the event? Uh, Sure. The first volunteers usually arrive someplace right after Memorial Day weekend and they'll start setting up. And a lot of those folks are retirees that may make their way up here in motorhomes and so forth. And it's a case some of them even volunteer at Sun and Fun, take a couple of weeks off, do some traveling, and then come on up here to Oshkosh and start helping out on that. Mm-hmm. Really in Dick, earnest right after the 4th of July. Dick, you still have snow on the ground at Memorial Day, don't you? Yeah, well, we can help shovel at that point, Jim. Oh, okay. you know, so it, <laughs> just, uh, but uh, you know, you can. Uh, there's nothing quite like a good snowball fight in the middle of the sweat on Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. Well, you can tell those folks at Sun and Fun they're the ones that are, you know are working on their tan and wearing their snowshoes. That's right. That's right. You know. You so we're we're all set. You know, it's uh, it's Oshkosh, and I, I say we've had every kind of weather in Oshkosh during our venture through the years, except snow. And I would never discount that. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> now, last year uh, we saw a lot of changes to the grounds. Um, mm-hmm. What's it going to be like for us when we arrive this year? Are, are there, all, uh, you know, I can't imagine there'll be that many changes, but will there be changes? What's new? Uh, There are some new things out there. I think people will see them. Uh, A couple of the things that we've added this year. First of all, Exhibit Hangar C has been expanded by about 18,000 square feet. There's more room for exhibitors, and we've added a bank of flush toilets at Hangar C. Now, I know this is for folks like yourselves who've been coming for years and years. I know you guys on principle just will not use the flush toilets. You'll use the porta-potties just because that's the way it's always been. That's right, yeah. Who needs flush toilets? My goodness, yeah. Yeah, that's right. One one word here, one word, tradition. Yeah, Yeah, exactly, yeah. (laughs) So, but there are others who will, uh, you know, bow to modern convenience and, um, Use use the new flush biffies out there. So, mm-hmm. um, some other things uh, I think for convenience people will see. There are a couple of roads that we have uh, done some paving, some chip sealing on that will hold down the dust. The one that goes in front of uh, Air Venture headquarters, convention headquarters, by just oh, north cool. of hangars A and C, and also the one between uh, hangars B and D and Paul's Woods going into Camp Scholar. Uh, People will see that's chip sealed. That'll hold down the dust, really reduce the mud and the potholes and things like that. So Mm -hmm. there are some other ones as well that they'll see. Uh, There's a bike trail. If you fly in and you've got one of those foldable bikes and you want to ride it over to the main gate from the North 40, you can do that now. We've got a bike a bike trail that will take you, you know, keep you out of traffic, out of the pedestrian routes, and you can go back and forth on that trail and get right to the main gate. That takes two miles off the trip. That's right. Yeah, it, it really does. I mean, it's, it's something that people have asked for, and it, it took a little bit of doing because you've got to set the path, and uh, there's Department of Natural Resources regulations you have to meet and things like that. But it's done. It's ready to go, and uh, it should be a nice little addition. Mm-hmm. And uh, speaking of the North 40, there's a new shower house uh, on the North 40. It's right now located, and it will be located, and I shouldn't say right now. <laughs> it's going to be located between the North 40 registration area and the shower house on the perimeter road. It's about halfway between those two structures. Hmm. So there'll be additional shower houses and uh, some indoor toilets there as well. So you know, all of those little things that start adding up, uh, we're working on the Wi-Fi this year. We found out last year the blanket coverage trying to do the entire grounds didn't work so hot. So what we're going to do this year is try to incorporate a lot of hotspots, almost 50 hotspots throughout the grounds, and make those strong presence right there at the hot spots, a lot of them in Camp Scholar, some in the North 40 and throughout the flight line area. And so you go there and there are some instructions and so forth that will that will hopefully make the experience a little bit better. That's what we're aiming for. One thing we discovered last year is with the emergence of smartphones, you could carry the smartphone in your back pocket and you'd go by and suddenly it would 
latch onto a signal so you'd have it all the time, but then it wouldn't let it go. So that pipeline, that Wi-Fi pipeline, filled up really fast. Mm. And so we're we're trying to do some tweaks to that system. So with the hotspot system and uh, the sign-on procedure, that will keep it just to people who want to be on Wi-Fi. So we're hoping that's a step ahead as well. So those are some of the things I think people will see. Uh, the IAC building has a new forms pavilion there. We've got a, a great new area up in Warbirds called Scott's Warbird Alley that for the Warbirds in Review programs, we'll be able to taxi the aircraft right off of the runway, down the taxiway and into this area and shut it down there so people can have an idea, it can have a better viewing experience for that too. So that's all part of it. And uh, they'll see some other changes around the grounds I think they'll be pleased with because a lot of them really are taken from the comments we get each year to say, all right, how can we make the site better? How can we improve things? Mm -hmm. And things like Wi-Fi, who would have thought of that 15 years ago? We showed up and we camped and... You know, and now guys come, they fly in the Cessna 150, they hop out, they put the tent under the wing, and the only other thing they have is their laptop, and mm-hmm. they want Wi-Fi. Yep. I mean, this is really what it's become. Yeah, really. Um, I think I read someplace that you have uh, perhaps permanently repurposed the old Federal Pavilion. What's that all about? Well, the Federal Pavilion is still there. The one we repurposed was the NASA Pavilion. Oh, excuse me. Yes, okay, yeah. go ahead. And um, that has become the Aviation Learning Center. I think you'll see something brand new this year. It's called Home Builds in Review. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of fun. Uh, the Warbirds in Review, and to a lesser extent the Vintage in Review, which has not been as well publicized, are great activities where people can learn about a specific airplane, the owners, the people who fly it, and so forth. And so this year we're moving that toward home-built and review as well. So we've taken that building, set a couple of stages up in there, had a lot of possibilities to bring in people, uh, Burt Rutan among them, and a lot of other well-known builders, people from Vans, from Sonics, and right on down the line, who will be there, be part of it, can talk about that model airplane, a little bit about its history, its growth, where it stands today. And, you know, Burt hasn't talked a lot about his designs for a while. He's been involved in that that space thing Mm -hmm. and uh, done a fine job with it. But, uh, you know, here he'll have a chance to talk a little bit about the very easy, the long easy, some of the canard aircraft, and and talk to folks who are interested in that. So um, that's part of it. And Mm -hmm. speaking of home-built, we're expanding home-built parking and camping this year as well. So there'll be more room for those folks. Dig, going back to the um, uh, discussion of of people like Rutan and, and others coming in talking about their designs, is that going to, are those going to be live presentations? Yes, they will. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so those folks, uh, you'll be able to gather around and hear about them. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a nice opportunity for those people involved in specific home-built models. And it's right there near home-built parking, near the forums and workshops area, and near the home-built exhibits as well, those commercial exhibitors. So it, it really turned out to be an ideal location to have that opportunity uh, come around. We look forward to presenting it this year for the first time and seeing how we can improve it then in future years. Cool. Tell us, so so now we've heard about the grounds and, and the facility. Tell us about uh, some of the cool things we're going to see on this facility next week. <laughs> oh, we're going to see a lot of cool stuff. Um, I think we'll start off, you know, you've got a lot of the aircraft that maybe you've seen in past years. The Goodyear Blimp is coming back. And I don't know. You know, even those of us who've been around aviation for a long time, it's a cool thing to see yeah. the blimp floating over us. Oh, yeah. It, it Agreed. Just is. And um, so we look forward to seeing them back here again. And uh, we've got some very unique airplanes. When I start talking to the general media about some of these, they, they go, really? People make that kind of stuff? <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, they make that. Um you know, Jonathan Trapp and his cluster balloon are coming. A couple months ago, he flew that across the English Channel, and he'll be bringing it to Oshkosh this year. Is he going to fly it? He's going to fly it. They're going to make that determination on weather, usually each afternoon about 1 o'clock, starting about midweek. And if the the wind conditions and the weather is right, they will try that evening, and he will go and he will fly it. So, um, I mean, he will like leave the grounds or be tethered, or how, what's the plan if the weather's good? I think he's going to try to leave the grounds. Yeah, as far as I know, you know, it's. Um, <laughs> I don't think we've got you know a fish line attached to him and reel him back or anything like that. So I think he'll he'll be doing that. And um, we've got something called a dragonfly, which is a helicopter that is powered by hydrogen peroxide. I saw something about that. Tell tell us about that. What's that all about? 
Well, it's uh, something. The technology's been around for a couple of years, but they're bringing it to Oshkosh, and they want to do some demo flights this year. And it, it it's interesting technology. It's something that really, as we talk about fuels and a lot of the other things that have come to fore here in the past couple of months, I think everybody's looking for, well, what's the next generation? If 100 low lead goes away and uh, some of these other things, we have to step up and, and become our future fuel. What are some of the innovations? And as you know, some of the innovations we see in aviation might be a one-off. You'll see it at Oshkosh, and you know, okay, maybe that's not a production thing. Uh, but it is really fascinating to say, where's the technology going that can do that? Uh, you know, we started in ultralights having ballistic recovery chutes 20 years ago. Who would have ever thought they'd eventually put them in a production airplane? But they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you saw canard wings almost 40 years ago coming up with some of the rutan designs, as we mentioned before. Suddenly, oh yeah, now that's part of the community as well. So those type of technologies start to come in, and you might say, okay, where can that go from here? What's next for that? Um, we're seeing a lot of folks with electric aircraft this year. In fact, there's a very large electric aircraft symposium. I heard today that it's already been fully sold out or um, having people, uh, they're all booked up on this, but they're talking about the future of electric-powered aircraft. Hmm. And that, those are for people like some of the small manufacturers, Sonics, Unique, and some of those. But there are people such as General Electric who are very interested in this technology. Where will it go? What can be done there? So we have some of those people coming together this week to talk about that as well. Um, and, of course, people love to talk about flying cars or roadable aircraft. Yeah. There are some that prefer to call it roadable aircraft. The folks from TerraFusia will be back again. We have some other people that have um, flying motor vehicles that will be on the grounds as well. So all of those things come together. And I think for those of us who come to Oshkosh to see the latest technologies, it really is all here, and even though we've been around this game for a long time, you can't say, well, they've invented everything there is to invent. No, mm-hmm. they haven't, because they're still coming along with this, and this is the place to see it. This is, in one place, you can see all of these neat things, and some of them you go, boy, that's odd. Yeah. But you yeah. never know. It may be part of our community in 10, 15 years from now. Yeah. Did one of you guys have a question? No. Okay. Um, we certainly love. We certainly love uh, uh, the the you know the the, the everyday airplanes, uh, the North Forty planes, and the home belts and so forth. But uh, tell us about some of the big iron that's going to be out there. Oh boy, we've got some big iron coming this year. That's for sure. We've got more than four hundred warbirds expected to come in. First of all, you know, and they're put on the great shows. And and we've got some special days with the salute to veterans this year. The Vietnam era jets are going to fly. I believe that's on Wednesday, the twenty eighth. Uh, they're going to be featured in the air show that day. Of course, the World War II stuff with all the pyrotechnics, that's always a fan favorite. One of my favorites is Art Nall's privately owned and flown Harrier, which yeah. made an early arrival here in Oshkosh, so it's here already, and he'll be flying that throughout the week. Uh, so I think those we are heard some that of... arrival down here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I think you did. Yeah. <laughs> I, saw, I saw one of the stories that you put on your website about the loudest airplane in existence, and it had to do with a sound system that was hanging from the bottom of the airplane. That's right, yeah. But I think, I think the Harrier's got even that guy beat. Uh, oh, man, you know, it's just it, one of the greatest airplanes ever invented by man to turn fuel into noise. Exactly. It really is. It's, exactly. it's a wonderful thing. But you talk about the really big stuff. Um, you know, we have 737 coming in from Airtran, bringing a charter of New Zealand aviation enthusiasts. Yeah, oh, okay. We, we have American Airlines uh, bringing a 7-3 in to make the honor flight for World War II vets. Yeah, tell us a little so, bit about that. Um, uh, one of our okay. listeners was, uh, was involved in organizing that, and so we've hinted to, it, our, to our listeners about it, but maybe you can give us a few more details. Sure. Well, a lot of that is part of the entire week-long salute to veterans, and The honor flight is something that's been set up nationwide to take World War II veterans to Washington, D.C., to the World War II Memorial and thank them for their service, bring them back. It's a one-day trip from around the country. And we have to do this now because we're losing the World War II vets at about 1,000, 1,100 per day. Uh, They're up in their 80s now, and uh, unfortunately, time marches on for all of us. So uh, we have an opportunity to do that working with 
all the folks involved with Salute to Veterans and also American Airlines that we will have the veterans depart from Oshkosh around 7.30, 8 o'clock on the morning of the 29th. They'll spend the day in Washington and then arrive at the end of the air show that day back in Oshkosh so we can give them a big welcome when they, they come off the airplane. So it's something very special this year. Um, took a lot of discussion to do that between all the parties involved, Honor Flight, American Airlines, EAA, the airport, and uh, as with any process, there are a lot of moving parts that take place in that, but it's something we're looking forward to, and I know the veterans, uh, upwards of 80 to 100 of them, are looking forward to it as well, and that that's something that's going to be part of a very special week as far as the salute to veterans, and we're, we're looking forward to the entire week of that. Yeah. Jeb and Dave know that uh, that I have sort of a, an odd soft spot for the uh, Osprey. Uh, is that going to make it back this year? It is. We're going to have the Air Force version this time. I think that's the CV-22, if I ah, remember correctly. Okay. And um, it will be here um, toward the weekend. It'll be here and on display and flying. And we had the Marine version here for a while and uh, a couple of years back, but now the Air Force version will be here, and we're looking forward to that as well. So uh, you're right, it's still a very unique aircraft with technology, and so many fans here at, at Oshkosh not only like to see the aircraft fly, it's the technology. I think all of us and a lot of other people go, okay, how do they do that exactly? Or uh, you, know, they, you start looking in that, and it's it's a step above the usual air show appearance mm -hmm. just because of the people who are involved here. It's not just, wow, it's, well, how does that thing work? Or what kind of RPM does that generate? And then so on and so forth. So, um, you know, those are some of the things that come up all the time when you do bring an aircraft to Oshkosh. Sure. Um, what's the latest on the DC-3s? Okay, latest on the DC-3s, we're going to have several dozen of them here. Uh, they're going to be coming in. Of course, they've got their big reunion, first of all, down in Rock Falls, and that's an that's a independent event. And they're going to have that great reunion down there, and then a lot of them are going to be making their way up to Oshkosh. And they'll arrive on Sunday and Monday, the 25th, 26th. And then on Tuesday will be what we're calling the Max Effort Day. All the DC-3 guys who want to fly that day are welcome to fly. We'll get them up in the air. Uh, we may split them up according to the military C-47 designation and then some that are have the, the airliner livery on them and so forth. And just give people a chance to see these airplanes. And uh, a collection of airplanes like this on the 75th anniversary, it's kind of fun because we've also added uh, Clay Lacey's DC-2 is scheduled to be here this year. Uh, DC-4 is supposed to make it in and a DC-7 that's been restored. So mm -hmm. we have a lot of DCs show up for the DC-3 anniversary, and so we're looking Will forward there be to that. A lot of Douglases on that parade. Yeah. yeah. Jeb, go ahead. Well, there, yeah. there will be, be and we've got uh, yep, Donald Douglas' son coming in as well, and he'll be there as part of the evening program talking about just the development of this airplane, where it went, some of the history of it, and so forth, from the family perspective, which will really be interesting. Yeah. Jeb, go ahead. Yeah, uh, Dick, will there be a, like a, um, a formation flight or a, a mass uh, uh, flight of the DC-3s? Uh, there'll, there'll be some of that. It's kind of in a smaller vein because, okay. uh, you know, a lot, a lot of these guys have, have not flown formation. Right. And, yeah. you know, you want to make sure that you put something together that they're comfortable with and so forth. But we will attempt to have as many of the DC-3s in the sky that year. I think the best way to put it, uh, back in the 90s when we had some of the big warbird shows, Mm -hmm. uh, at the end of World War, the 50th anniversary of World War II in 95, 50th anniversary of the Air Force in 97. Had some very special shows there. So we're going to try to put together an entertaining show for those on the ground and something that can be fun for the guys in the air, too, and yeah. that they will be able to enjoy and uh, can work with them directly and, and make that happen. Okay. Great. A it's the 75th, 75th anniversary of the B-17, too, is it not? It is, and we're going to have at least four of them on the ground here for that. Wow. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. A lot of people are excited at the prospect of uh, meeting uh, some of the folks from the TV show Ice Pilots. Is that going to happen? 
<laughs> yep, exactly right. You know, and we're talking about the DC-3s, and this show, Ice Pilots NWT, is about uh, an outfit called Buffalo Air. Now, some folks may have not have heard about this show because it's only on in Canada. Yeah, it's the most popular is, TV show to ever never. To, it's the most popular TV show in America to never ever be aired in America. Aired in America, you're right. <laughs> and uh, you know, a lot of people have seen Ice Road Truckers. I guess in Canada, this is even more popular than Ice Road Truckers. But it's um, a guy called Buffalo Joe and his family and his employees way up in the Northwest Territories where you get to hop out of bed and it's 55 below zero and go try to start the airplane. And they operate a commercial air service for both passengers and freight up there, have marvelous stories. We had one of our staffers, Brady Lane, go up there a little bit earlier and spend some time with them. Uh, Fascinating group of people. Uh, the people who love living up there, people who come up there and work there to build time, to to move on and, and do something else. It's uh, They're going to be bringing down at least one DC-3 with passengers from Canada, and they're going to be participating in the DC-3 events as well. So that's a neat addition. You're going to see one of their DC-3s parked in Aeroshell Square, and that's something we're looking forward to. I have to say that I'm uh, Brady Lane seems to have gotten himself into the, like the best job in all of EAA. I swear, <laughs> he's doing all yeah, kinds I, of cool I, things. I have to talk about him about about that too. Yeah, every time I turn around, there's something else cool that he's doing off there shooting video and whatnot. So that'll be great. Well, yeah, the ice pilots thing that's great. A lot of people, uh, a lot of our listeners are aware of it from the internet, uh, and uh, so I think that's going to be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a little bit self-serving question, um, but there's a lot more to it than just our part, and that is the uh, the stage in the member center tent. What's that all about? Okay, something we're doing this year, the Welcome Center, which is just on the west edge of Aeroshell Square. For the first time, we've set up a little forum area. It's not real large, maybe 75, 100 seats, but it's an opportunity for people who visit the Welcome Center to meet some personalities to learn a little bit more about air venture for those who may be new to the event to find out how to make the most of their first visit to Oshkosh. Um, I know that we'll be there every morning running through the schedule bright and early talking about some of the things going on. Uh, EAA radio will be there broadcasting live at various times through the day. So you can see radio being done live. Now, that's kind of scary sometimes when you think about it. Uh, <laughs> Tell us about I worked it. in yeah, radio we, a long time, yeah. and most of those people, you never want to see them live, but this could be fun. Yeah, we know some of those guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. <laughs> yeah, as a matter of fact, we're going to so, be there on uh, Wednesday morning, starting from about 11 to 12, uh, doing our uh, our uh, Milestone Episode 200 of this podcast. And, uh, wow. That, we're very, very great. excited to be there on that stage and have an opportunity to uh, not only visit with our, our existing listeners, but perhaps to meet some new folks. So uh, that's Wednesday morning at 11 in the uh, and, and I think I got the name wrong what's the official name of that venue uh, it, I know it's inside the welcome center the, the welcome, EA center. welcome center you know uh, Dick I just really want to recommend that you kind of you kind of skipped over this pretty quickly about your morning uh, uh, briefing uh, there um, and I want to recommend to people that they, they seek that out because I've always found you for years now uh, you I think it was mostly you have done the uh, the media briefing and uh, I've always found the media briefing not only to be valuable as a media member, but just as someone who wants to kind of get an idea of what the highlights of a given day are. And uh, so doing a, a sort of civilian version of that, I think, is a great idea. And I urge people to take advantage of it. Well, thank you. Uh, we're going to do that. That's going to be one of the elements that will be live on EA Radio. We'll be doing that, you know, bright and early and uh, talking at 7.15 in the morning to people if uh, you know, with their coffee cups standing there and kind of bleary-eyed and... And uh, I'll probably be in the same situation, and we'll we'll talk about what's going on through the day because it's amazing where we are over at press headquarters. The little snippets of information you end up collecting through the day and through the week to say, you know, well, this is happening at twelve thirty, and this might be happening at quarter to one, and you know, all of these type of different things. And uh, so it's it's going to be fun to do it with a live audience because you know you'll get some questions, right? And, and, and uh, oh, you know, yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. It, the thing that I found particularly useful about it is that things change throughout the week, and the published schedules get modified, and things get added, and and you know different things get highlighted for one reason or another. And so I found the live briefing each morning to be be really really useful and interesting. Oh, thank you. It, yeah. it is something, and you're absolutely right. The schedule changes because uh, airplanes don't work like they're supposed to. The weather turns weird. Um, yeah, and just things happen. And you guys have been to Oshkosh enough times to know that. 
it is a billion moving parts, and sometimes those parts don't exactly mesh up, so you you get to um, to be flexible, I guess is probably the best way to put it. You, you suddenly get to say, okay, now we've got to do it this way. Now we're, we just have to kind of change midstream. But uh, in any endeavor that's this large, you have to be ready for that. Mm-hmm. And, and that is, I guess, part of the, sometimes I won't call it fun, but it's part of the fun of Oshkosh, that <laughs> most people take that in good spirit, saying, yeah, I understand it's big and sometimes stuff changes. Mm-hmm. So we have to do that. So yeah. Um, yeah. it's something that you, you kind of just roll with the flow at times and enjoy it because we're all here for the same thing, and that's to enjoy aviation. We don't have to spend our time explaining ourselves why we aviate. That's exactly we get right. To, we get to all speak the same language when we get here and and just look at each other and go, isn't that cool? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and, uh, exactly. Or I want to buy one of those or something <laughs> That's like right. That. I'll take two. Um, That's right. Uh, nighttime air show. Yeah, we haven't done that for about 30 years. And um, I was told by Paul himself saying, oh, yeah, we did that once. Really? <laughs> when, I don't remember exactly. But it's, um, <laughs> but anyway, suffice it to say, it's been about 30 years. And so we have five or six performers who are going to be there on Saturday night. And after the regular air show, we're going to have a sleep at the wheel play. The Grammy-winning band will play until about 8.30. And then we'll all go back out to the flight line. And we'll have an air show for about 45 minutes. And people like the Aeroshell team are going to be out there. And we, we look forward to really having some fun with this. And uh, we'll have some fireworks afterwards. Uh, we may just set off the wall of fire again just for fun and do some of those After things. dark, and that would be really cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, you could get a tan there at about 9.30 at night uh-huh. with that. It's, uh, so it, it's just going to be one of those things that we say, you know, a lot of people have been asking us for – a night air show. Why haven't you ever done it at Oshkosh before? You know, there have always been some various reasons. And then finally we looked at each other one day and went, you know, why haven't we done this before? And uh, so we're going to give it a try this year and see how it works. And a lot of things that we've given a try to, and I'm thinking, for instance, the opening day concert uh, about five years ago, saying, oh, let's give this a try, have worked out really well. And it's become part of the tradition in the fabric of Oshkosh in a short period of time. And so we're we're looking forward to seeing if, if this will be added to it for future years as well. Yeah, it's like the uh, blow-up movie screen and the the evening flicks over in uh, over in the campground. You guys are even debuting a movie, aren't you? Uh, we are. It's called Pearl. It's a very interesting story behind this movie too, because it's financed and produced by the Chickasaw Nation down in Oklahoma, and uh, a very top-rate production and so forth. Talking about uh, you know back in the early part of the 20th century a girl who became a pilot, I believe she was 12 years old, her first name was Pearl, and she uh, became a licensed pilot, the youngest ever licensed pilot in America. And um, you know, a fascinating story, and it's there have been some screenings here and there, but never really a, an aviation world premiere. And so we're going to be doing that, I believe that's on Friday night at uh, the Fly-In Theater, which you're right, it's another thing that, I think we've discovered as pilots, we're more than just the airplane heads. There's a community here of people who'd like to do things together with their families and so forth. And the Fly-In Theater has been a part of that. And we've had the good fortune to have people like Ford and Hamilton Watches this year support that and bring together these movies where we not only get to see the movies on a big screen under the stars, but also get to hear from the personalities and people like Harrison Ford and John Travolta who have been there through the years, uh, World War II veterans talking about such things. And so all of those things become part of it. And um, we're even showing Avatar this year, and that thing is still out on DVD, isn't it? It's It's not that old of a movie. And so that will be here, and we'll have James Horner, the Academy Award winning composer of music for the Titanic in this movie, who is also a student pilot, talking about his flight experiences and this movie experience and everything else. So it's one of those things you go, you know what, Oshkosh, I saw the guy who wrote the music for this, and he's a <laughs> yeah. pilot too. Yeah. Yes. You know, those are some of the things that, that kind of work their way into it after a while. Well, and you you kind of uh, uh, affirmed one of the things I've told people for years, uh, people that have never come or people who come to the show and they bail out just as the air show's ending and drive somewhere to their hotel room, that if you don't spend some after-hours time on the grounds at, at, at Oshkosh, 
you're missing some of the best part of being there. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, uh, absolutely. There, there are a couple things that I recommend to people all the time. Uh, one of them is after the airport actually closes to traffic at 8 p.m., if you're still on the grounds, just to walk around because it's a little bit cooler, the pace is a little bit slower, you get to stop and kind of look at things. I'll go out on Aeroshell Square or I'll just go up and down through the vintage area or the home-built area and just wander around and look at things. Agreed completely. Some of the m- most stunning photo opportunities uh, are on Aeroshell Square at, just after dark when you guys light it up with some of those big bright lights. And uh, Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, and the sunset, even before those big, um, you know, the, the watch lights and everything else, uh, the floodlights start on, you're starting to catch the sunset and, and get that lighting, you know, that golden hour that photographers talk about mm-hmm. all the time. Yep. You, you want that moment. And the other thing is just to head out in the campground and just talk to people mm-hmm. and find out where they're from, their own airplane stories. And a lot of people I see once a year, and it's walking through the campground, and you get to say hi. And it's it's something very special because that is where the bond takes place. We all have a million things to do at Oshkosh. In the evening, it slows down a little bit, and you can talk about what you've seen that day, what's coming up, just where you've been, the stories of each of us over the past year before we got here. And that's why I often call it, this is aviation's family reunion. It is, I don't care what you fly, when you fly, how you fly, if you fly, you're here, you enjoy the world of flight, welcome. We're all together. Yeah. And that's what I love about mm-hmm. it. Uh, we, 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 we haven't even touched on stuff I know we're not going to get to. Like, the, you know, the, your admission includes the museum. You can catch a shuttle ride over there. Uh, Pioneer Air Park, the uh, uh, kid venture for the youngsters. Uh, the uh, Nature Center is just... It, it, no matter which direction you turn, what time of day, there's stuff going on there. Yeah, um, but one area I would like to ask you about is any developments, anything new down in the ultralight area? What's going on down there? One of my favorite places in the whole grounds. Well, the ultralight area, we're going to have some fun stuff there this year. We've got some of the electric airplanes that may be flying out of the ultralight strip and uh, be doing some of that. They've got some programs down in the ultralight area. Hopefully, we'll have a hot air balloon launch on Saturday and Sunday, the final two days of the event down there. And as you know, with hot air balloon launches, uh, they're persnickety things as far as weather. And you have to have the right winds and the right conditions and all that, but hopefully we can have some excitement there. But the ultralight area, you know, it's, it's an area I think that's in kind of transition right now in many ways. You know, the, when Lightsport Aircraft came along to kind of change the entire community a little bit, but it's still very vibrant. There are a lot of people out there with ultralights and doing things with ultralights, and it still is a very a fascinating and a, and a very vital world within the community. And you'd like to see people taking advantage of that and so forth. So that's going to continue to be there and hopefully continue to develop in a new style. And we'll see what happens in future years with the ultralight area. Yeah. Um, getting back to the uh, air show for a moment, uh, any uh, things that jump out at you about the uh, daily air show schedule? Are there any new uh, performers that we haven't seen before or? Uh, we're going to see a few folks, yeah. it's uh, Well, we mentioned about Art Nalls and his civilian Harrier, which will be fun. Uh, on the other end of the agenda, we have uh, Bob Carlton and his jet sailplane, and that will be here this year. We're going to be watching that. And, uh, you know, some of the favorites from past years, people like the Aeroshell team and Sean Tucker and uh, Gene Susi and some of those folks will be with us. But every year we try to bring in a few new performers because you always like to see new blood coming in. Um, I know some of the guys will be here from the Red Bull Air Races. You know, guys like Kirby Chambliss and Mike Goulian who have been racing in that. And, you know, that's caught a lot of people's fancy, that, Mm. that Red Bull Air Race out there. And, you know, they can talk about that, but they really got their start in, in aerobatic flying, whether it's contests or air shows, sure. and they'll be a part of that as well. But you do like to get new blood in there, some of the new performers, just to get a look at them. Because, face it, people like Sean Tucker had to have a first year at Oshkosh right. to make their, uh, their debut. People like Patty Wagstaff, the Aeroshell team, had to have their first year. And, uh, you know, some, some people who are having fun out there, you know, the, the Franklins, having great time out there <laughs> and the Yonkins and all of those people who are now in the second generation of doing this and are bringing some very interesting and fun and entertaining elements 
to the air show world. So people may come out and say, boy, I've seen the air show. You know, I, I saw it 20 years ago. It hasn't changed. Well, it has changed. It's, you try to get the elements that are a little bit different each day, but some of those that people look forward to. And it's a balancing act. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about it. Yeah. You have to balance these things. Yeah. And you, you try to put it together. And do you please 100% of every fan every time? No. No, and but do you try to make as entertaining of a two and a half to three hours as you possibly can every afternoon? Yep, and those folks are performers, and they're out there flying because they love to fly, and they know there's probably no smarter audience that they will fly in front of all year than the audience at Oshkosh. Yep. Um, every year for the past few years, it seems like you have more and more live music. Uh, tell us what you've got this year. Yeah, we do. It's uh, There are a lot of things going on. We've got the live music that we organize, uh, the Chicago concert on opening day, and uh, Lieutenant Dan Band with actor Gary Sinise will be coming back a uh, second time in three years, and we've worked with the disabled American veterans to make that show possible. We mentioned Asleep at the Wheel coming in, and those are the planned concerts that are part of admission. Some of the things that are happening, people will hear music in various other areas on the grounds. I hear, for instance, that the... Um, the the Flying Musicians Association will be having little impromptu things going on throughout the grounds, and that's great. Uh, you know, and the campground has been known for jam sessions for years. Suddenly, guys will get together and start playing. But you're you're seeing that music element, and we're hearing from a lot of pilots who are also musicians saying, "This is cool. This is something else that that shows we're not just all about airplanes and airplane heads. We we have." complete lives, well-rounded lives that flying is a big part of, but music may be a, a big part of or other elements of life, too. So yeah. um, those are some things that are that are coming, too. And again, in the evening, it makes it kind of fun. It it adds a little more personality to the whole thing as well. Yeah, I, I know we've heard from a number of our listeners who are planning on attending AirVenture for the first time ever. Uh, and uh, earlier, we were giving a little bit of uh, our thoughts on, on advice for them. What's your and EAA's advice to first-timers? Is there any particular guidance that you give them? Oh, boy. Uh, (laughs) There there could almost be a book on guidance, and I know you guys know this, too, because there are so many unseen elements that you start talking to people and go, oh, wait, this is is really cool. Oh, wait, this is cooler than that. Uh, Here's another cool thing. Uh, I guess I'll start them off. First of all, if you're flying into Oshkosh, read the NOTAM. Study the NOTAM. Know the NOTAM as well as you possibly can, because that's your guidebook to getting here effectively and safely. And, uh, you know, I cannot emphasize that enough. So that's a starting point. When you get here, I think one important element is enjoy the experience. Um, If you try to hold yourself to too rigid of a schedule, you'll you'll simply burn yourself out. Um, So try to take enough time to enjoy it. Or if you know I'm only going to be here for a day or two and I won't have enough time to take in everything I want to, Find the things you really enjoy and incorporate that and, and learn as much as you want to about it. Because one thing that always strikes me, and I, I came to Oshkosh for the first time as a kid just out of high school back in 1978, and it came several times before I joined the staff in 1992. And one thing that has always struck me about Oshkosh is you can make this event as big or as small as you want. You can try to see everything everywhere and spend the entire week just enveloping it all and just letting it all soak in. Or I know people that spend the entire week in the workshops and forums or in the ultralight area or talking with friends in the home-built area. That is part of Oshkosh. You can create the event you want to create. So don't be afraid to do that and enjoy the elements you want. And then go with the practical things, comfortable shoes, hat, sunscreen, lip balm, and lots of water, and because that's part of the Oshkosh experience, too, and you don't want the bad experience of having to visit our good people at emergency medical services, so, um, you know, all of those things are important, too, but, um, you know, enjoy Oshkosh for the experience it is. It's something different to everybody, and to the grizzled veterans who may have been coming for 30 years saying, well, it's not like it was in 82. Well, there was something special in 82 that maybe it was their first time that came here and they discovered it. And they always have that picture in their head. I remember what it was like in 78. It was a very different site than it is today. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it you, know, you enjoyed back then, and some of it you say, boy, I'd hate to go back to that. 
And all I say are, old-timers, remember the exhibit buildings on the flight line when it was about 90 degrees. That I was do. no fun. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so, you know, everybody enjoy the experience for what it is. If for nothing else, you are meeting with your friends and other aviators right here at the place where we're all together talking about aviation. And it's, uh, it's that little sliver in time that we should really enjoy and just kind of cherish. Yeah. I'm going to try and wrap this thing up so that you can get back to work. Um, is there anything uh, we should have asked you about that we didn't? Uh, anything you're particularly excited about that I've, we didn't know about? Well, I think the exciting part is, you know, as it all kind of comes together, you know, every year you, you have a challenge as it comes together. This year it's, it's been some rain in Oshkosh, and we've had to adjust the procedure a little bit to make sure people get the assistance they need when they come in here. We'll make room for everybody. You know, we're making that work. But um, some years are very dry. Other years are a little bit wetter. And you have to kind of work with that. And to see the staff and volunteers, the time they're putting into it um, is is really something amazing. But, you know, we talk to people on not only through the traditional means, but now through the social media, the Facebook, Twitter, blogs, everything else. And just to feel that common excitement, even online, is really fun. And just say, boy, it's four days away, I'm loading up the airplane, I've got everything going. And that's what makes it worth it, and that's what makes it fun. And so uh, all I've got to tell everybody is, you know, look forward to seeing you. Be safe getting here. We want you to have a great experience and be safe going home. So um, that's great. You know, let, let's all do it well and do it safe and have a great time in Oshkosh. Cool. Mm-hmm. Tell us uh, officially, what are the dates and times we're talking about here? Okay. We're going to open up the gates officially on Monday, July 26th, although we know a whole bunch of people show up before then. And we'll be going throughout the entire week and finishing up on Sunday, August 1st. And if people need to know the stuff they need to know about admissions, housing, camping, schedules, everything else, www.airventure.org is the place to go. That's great. Well, thanks for taking some time. Jeb and Dave, you have any questions I forgot? No no question, just a comment. Uh, Dick, uh, another superlative performance, but um, your your comment about um, uh, trying to take it easy, trying to take it slow, I I would translate that into being laid back about approaching uh, the event. Uh, I think that's very telling. I think that's very important. And uh, uh, talk talk a little bit more about that definitely is and people can enjoy it so it's uh you know enjoy it because a person does try to see things or you have certain expectations you know we're dealing with a lot of people here and paul poberesny had it exactly right when he learned more about people than he ever did about airplanes in his almost 60 years now with eaa (laughs) and uh you know it part of it is look we are all community here if we all tolerate it all a little bit it's going to work out great and there, there are always some things that may not be right there. If it's something we can fix, we're going to try to fix it. I can tell you that. But a lot of it is just dealing with people and having all those things that our mom and kindergarten teachers told us. You know, be patient, be nice, you know, be, just be good. And, um, yeah. and things will work out well. Yeah, that's great. That's terrific. Well, thanks for taking some time to uh, to visit with us here. A, a lot of great information. Um, thank you very much. That's uh, uh, Dick Nepinski, the EAA Director of Communications, and uh, who you will get a chance to visit with every morning throughout the uh, the AirVenture Week. And uh, thanks for joining us today. My pleasure, guys. We'll see you soon on the flight line at Oshkosh. Great. Thanks. As always, thanks a huge amount to uh, to Dick for taking the time out to uh, to join us here in the in the virtual hangar. Um, a lot of great information. Um, I mean, I knew he was going to give us a, you know a great picture of the event, but uh, uh, even more than I imagined. Wow, there's just a lot of stuff going on this week. You guys, yeah, it's kind of like are running. really quiet tonight. I'm just, I, I, it's, it's I'd like. Oh, go ahead. No, after that, I'm I'm kind of in a state of shock. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, there's all that other stuff we were talking about that we're committed for, and yeah, there's this like, stuff too. It's it's like, oh my god, I get I got to get my butt in gear, man. Uh, I'm not packed. I don't. I'm not there yet. You know, I got all this stuff to do before I leave. Oh my god. Well, let's try and put a fork in this one so that we can all get back to our uh, pre-travel well, it, preparations it, it, here. It it feels a little bit like air molecules going through a venturi. Yeah. And we're getting to that critical narrow point in the tube where everything just seems to accelerate. But then we'll break through to the other side and we'll be there and all this pre-departure chaos will be in the past and we won't even remember it by Saturday. Yeah. Okay, if you say so. Um, 
so yeah, we're going to be doing a lot of stuff um, that we uh, uh, hope that listeners will, will stop by and say hi um, uh, during, which, as a sentence, I challenge you to, to <laughs> diagram that sentence. Um, we're going to be recording a whole bunch of episodes. We'll be recording one episode on Monday evening at approximately 6 p.m. Uh, it'll actually be after the Daily Air Show. That will be from the uh, upper level, the deck probably, uh, weather allowing, of the EA radio, which is right there out there on the flight line. Um, and uh, we would love people to stop by and, and say hi and listen in a little bit and maybe wave. And uh, um, But we'll be doing that episode. We will be doing the Wednesday morning at 11 episode from the, uh, the uh, what I call the Member Center tent, but apparently it has a slightly different name, but it's the uh, EA Membership tent um, that's right at the edge of Aeroshell Square. Uh, that's Wednesday morning at 11 from about 11, 12. There will be places to sit there, and, there will be pla- and it will be in the shade. So that's Except kind of a plus. Us. Except, well, no, I think we get to sit. Kidding, kidding. Yeah, okay. Uh, and then uh, on uh, Sunday morning, the final day of AirVenture, uh, at approximately 10 in the morning, we will again be back on uh, EA Radio's uh, deck and uh, doing our, our sort of closing episode there. And... Uh, uh, again, welcome people to come on by and say hi. And then throughout the week, on each of the days when we aren't doing one of these full-blown episodes, we'll be recording a, about a 10-minute uh, UCAP daily, uh, like we did down in uh, Lakeland uh, in the spring. Um, unfortunately, we're going to be doing those at really kind of random places throughout the grounds throughout the week, so it's not possible for people to, I mean, if you can find us, come on by and say hi. But uh, we don't know where we're going to be until sometime that day. So, uh, um, But you will be able to get those on the net as well. So a lot of activity. We'll also be participating in the Potapalooza event on Friday evening uh, at 7 o'clock in Forum Hangar 7, I believe it is. Uh, that's a different hangar than it's been in in the past, so make sure you do check the uh, the map and the uh, schedule and whatnot. But uh, we are going to be, and it's going to be later in the day as well. It's not, it's not at like 6 or so as it's been. Um, but we're going to be participating in that as well. So, uh, and then finally, um, a, a number of listeners, uh, we really appreciate the fact that a number of listeners are, try- are organizing meetups uh, throughout the week. The two that seem to be forming up uh, that have the most uh, uh, momentum to them are one on Monday evening and one on Thursday evening. And uh, for the time being, the best way to track those is to look in the uh, UCAP forums area. And uh, later in this week, I'll try and uh, roll that all up into a uh, posting that we'll put on the homepage of uh, the Uncontrolled Airspace uh, website. Um, but it looks like it's Monday and Thursday at one of the restaurants uh, right there on just outside the airport fence. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, to gathering together. Mostly it's going to be listeners getting together. Um, we're definitely going to stop by um, for as much time as we're able. But uh, as you can see, we've got a lot of things on our plate this week. So... Uh, a lot going on. Uh, and oh, by the way, there's a fly-in in an air show. So. <laughs> um, so. I'm so glad you said that because I was a little worried about why I was making this trip. Yeah. So it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot. Uh, it's going to be uh, a frenzy, but it's going to be great. Uh, so that's about it for tonight. Uh, uh, we don't have our normal shout-outs, I don't think. you guys have any shout-outs you want to throw in here? I don't. Uh, um, no. <laughs> no. Okay. Um, I'm, still, and, uh, yeah. uh, I'm still kind I, of in a- state of shock here so yeah i know the feeling i know the feeling david you're gonna say something just to show that we're uh some of this stuff's in flux so be sure and check the website when you can uh as far as potapalooza is concerned check the airventure.org schedule page for that uh my memory of it is that that starts at 5 30 but something's going on with us at seven so no, I, yeah, I'm pretty certain. Again, check the EAA schedule, but I'm pretty sure that Potapalooza itself begins at seven um, and runs to like nine, um, and it's on the bigger stage this year. So, uh, um, and uh, and we'll definitely be there. So, uh, anything else? Time to stick a fork in it. Yep. We want to thank uh, uh, our our good EAA buddy Dick Napinski for uh, taking the time out. Uh, Dick is the EAA director of communications, uh, and uh, as I said, the golden voice of AirVenture. Uh, and you can learn more about EAA and AirVenture at EAA.org and also AirVenture.org. Jeb Burnside, a freelance aviation journalist, currently serving as the editor in chief of Aviation Safety Magazine. Jeb, where are you on the internet? Uh, I'm, I, I, what's, what's an internet? I don't know. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, jeburnside.com, aviationsafetymagazine.com, uh, aea.net, and uh, avweb.com. 
And Dave Higdon is an aviation photographer, an aviation journalist, and the U.S. editor for London's World Aircraft Sales Magazine. David, where are you on the Internet? Oh, let's see. Avbuyer.com, AEA.net, that aviation safety thing, uh, DaveHigdon.biz, EAA.org, Google, and throw out the physics and golf writers. And I'm Jack Hodgson. I'm a private pilot, a freelance writer, and a new media producer. You can learn more about me on the internet at jackhodgson.com and aroundthefield.net. Thanks to Jeff Ward for creating our show notes. Thanks to Mike Morgan, Royce Earl, and to the many other listeners who have created our show opening disclaimer clips. We're also very grateful for the financial support we receive from our listeners. For information on how you can make a donation to this podcast, see the Uncontrolled Airspace homepage and the box in the right-hand column labeled Tip Jar. It doesn't need to be very much. Just 10 or $15 over the span of a year is a big help. And don't forget, you can visit with all of us at the Uncontrolled Airspace website. You can read the blog, view the forums, check out the wiki, the aviation movies list, the new ratings, web page of fame, and more. All of that is at uncontrolledairspace.com. David, you had something to add? Flying yourself to Oshkosh will extend your lifetime because time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan. See you there. And that's enough talking. Let's go fly into Oshkosh. TTFM. Here it comes. Put an ad in the local paper. Episode 200 of Uncontrolled Airspace, the general aviation podcast. And it's live on EAA Radio Wednesday at 11 a.m. But having said that, you can be part of the studio audience during the live broadcast at the EAA Welcome Center, east of the main gate and west of Aeroshell Square. So we're right where the action is. Producer Jack Hodgson, photojournalist Dave Higdon. It's all his fault. Editor Jeb Burnside. And special guests including Amy Laboda. Well, thank you very much. And James Winbrandt. Well, you know, there's so much excitement here. We'll celebrate UCAP's 200th episode with a live broadcast during the EAA Radio Live program at 11 a.m. Wednesday. That'll be cool. Looking forward to it. It's hangar flying with personality. It does things that nothing else can do. The bicentennial episode of Uncontrolled Airspace. Yeah. Wow. Whoa. Wednesday at 11 a.m. on EAA Radio Live.